Welcome to the To Read List. I'm Bailey, and this is a podcast where I attempt to get through the 137 unread books on my shelf. With me, as always, is my friend Toby. Hey. My brother Andrew. Festive, hello. And my husband Dylan's the sound recordist. Even more festive, hello. Can I make a New Year's resolution, everyone? Okay. My New Year's resolution is that I give up on this competition with Dylan. He wins. It's yes! Great. I just want him to stop competing with me about it. Congratulations, yes! Dylan. Wow, Dylan. You've done it. I'm the champion. Dylan is taking off his headphones. He's taking he just, off his shirt. He just walked Dylan. out the door. I did it. I have never known what this competition was, but I just want it over. Well, very, That's how Dylan wins a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, very festive hello to everyone. We are at the end of the year, and so it is time for our annual wrap-up show, the Bookend Awards. Did you remember Book they were a end. thing? Maybe you didn't, but now you do. <laughs> Book. That's the theme song. You guys might have forgot that um, last year, you know, we used to do mini-sodes, and we yeah. had one that was our New Year's reading resolutions. Oh, no. I wrote oh, those, I totally forgot about this. I, yeah. I wrote those down, so let's check in on how we did on those. Oh, no. This is why we don't do mini-sodes anymore. <laughs> so, this one's pretty funny. My first resolution was, quote, I want to read a book in a different country. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I want to travel more. That's the classic, yeah, the classic 2020 faux pas. So no, we didn't. I did not do that. We I read a book in, on Catalina Island, which is kind of like a different. No, it's not a different country. No, objectively within the U.S. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wanted to read off my secret shelf. Do you guys remember about my secret shelf? The secret no. is that I have 137 <laughs> books on the to read list, but then. At the beginning of the year, I had 24 books on this shelf, which was my secret shelf of books that I needed to read, but that wouldn't be good podcast episodes, such as like how to take care of a baby books or the third book in a series, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. my goal was to bring that list down by 10. Mm -hmm. So I started the year at 24. And guess what? I read 11. Wow. But I but added. But how many did you add? Yeah. I yeah, added. That's what I was going to ask. I added 11. <laughs> this is why you don't buy, like, you know, book number five in the How to Take Care of a Baby series. Exactly. <laughs> that's what just not. number six? It just gets derivative at that point. Yeah. Toby, how many books did you read on personal accounting? <laughs> <laughs> you said that you wanted to read at least two on budgeting slash money management, cover to cover. Oh, boy. Well, uh, I didn't even attempt to read one. So that's how that went. Um, I did make some steps towards managing my personal finances with my wife. So, you know, that's good. didn't read any books on it, though. Uh, and then your second one was, quote, I will not acquire any physical books. Nope. I acquired some physical books today. <laughs> today I did. Was this the first time you'd done it this year? No. Or is this... Amounting okay, so you didn't just fail today. Yeah, yeah. we got Piranesi. I got some other ones. Oh boy, I hate New Year's resolutions. It's okay. I don't know that any of us did it. So, well, I don't know, Andrew. You tell me. These were your two resolutions. Number one. Let me just say before hearing them, I definitely knocked them both out of the park. Okay. I have no recollection of what they are. (laughs) One is never be the Jaff, always be Van Helsing. Done. Wow, you must have had a great year. Which I don't really know what that means, but the second one was, quote, make death fall in love with me so I can never die. 
you know, I haven't died yet, so I can't prove that I haven't done that. Yeah. But I have no evidence also that I have done that. Mm, mm. So I took a more whimsical approach to my New Year's <laughs> resolutions, and I tried to build them out of the books we'd read the last year. But, you know, you can't actually be accountable to those whimsical ideas sometimes, so maybe I, in my own way, failed. Well, How dare you remind me I didn't read any accounting books? <laughs> Well, and, you know, on a more quantitative level, um, do you guys think that you increased, decreased, or stayed the same in terms of the number of books on your to-read lists? That's a really good question. I think I have increased, okay. but just barely, and it was an intentional increase, so I don't feel terrible shame about it. I'd say same, same. Yeah, like maybe uh, maybe a little bit, but mine is, my shelf is so ridiculous. You know, it's all what I want to do. So a little bit of an increase. And do you guys think that I increased, decreased, or stayed the same? Increased. Rude. Ooh, actually, I'm not sure. You were at 125 when we started the podcast. You said, what, 137? Yeah. I feel like you were in the 140s last at the beginning of last year, but you're testing a, a very broken mind at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... As Andrew said, I started the podcast at 125. I started 2020 at 143, and I'm at 137. So I did go down hey, a little bit. Not bad, not bad. Maybe my mind isn't as broken as I thought. Good job. <laughs> Toby, uh, last year, you because again, your list is more of like a amorphous... Um, Blob. Well, yeah, like a aspirational list or mm -hmm. like whatever. Yeah. Um, so you started the podcast at 49 books. You started 2020 at 75, and... You're going to end 2020 at 75. Wow. So break wow. even. And Andrew, um, you went from 93 to 94 books. And right now you're at 101 books. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm up. But in my defense, 10 of those books were added from Jillian's books that she owned separately that I intentionally added to my shelf because I was interested in them, not books I purchased. So if you net those out, I'm staying very consistently in the low 90s. <laughs> All those are books that Death is interested in. He's just reading it to impress Death. There you go. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> well, I think we also all added books with the intention of reading more black authors. So I think that's that's good. That's fine. Mm -hmm. That's okay that I added more books to my shelf. Right, guys? Right, right, actually. Well, you decreased your, your bookshelf. I mean, if you net out how many you read for the podcast versus where you ended up, you obviously still bought books. But eventually, this podcast would end at that rate. True, eventually. <laughs> and at this rate, it'll last forever. Although Dylan's brother gave me a gift card for Christmas, and I already spent it on two new books. It was a gift card for Ace Hardware. She <laughs> found the books you can buy at Ace Hardware. There you go. And if you remember from last year, Dylan, our compiler of stats, our assigner of of the choosing uh, has some stats for us this year to see who won the podcast. That's how I approach it, at least. Dylan, who won the podcast this year? Hmm. Well, do you want to guess how uh, who had the most pages? Who read the most pages? I think I'm usually a pretty con pretty big contender because I read these thicker fantasy books. Yeah, and I was out for like a few months. Oh yeah, it won't be Bailey. Well, yeah. But, but I do tend to read more, and I did read That's Count Monte Cristo. Dang. I read some pretty big chunkers this year. Like I don't have the fantasy background of like the you know doorstops but you know brief history of seven killings what is the what mm. those aren't short books mm -hmm. it's true baron in the trees little skinny mini i think i think it's toby i don't know i'm not i'm not super confident well first off i said that first part about guess who's read the most pages as a joke it's bailey it's always going to be bailey that's true it oh. makes sense because you read every week. Yeah. Even with even with weeks off, I think it makes sense. Uh, that you if read there it were a year for us to do it, we could have done it this <laughs> yeah. year. Yeah. Although, to be fair, Toby and Andrew both read 17 books. Bailey read 22. Okay. okay. 
the of the officially counted ones. So who won for me and Andrew? <laughs> my yeah, my who, between me and Toby, who is the better boy? <laughs> Who's the best boy? Who's the best boy, Dylan? It was close. And by close, I mean a thousand pages off. Okay. Andrew read six thousand six hundred and nine pages. Okay. And Toby read nice. Five thousand seven hundred and fifty-nine pages. Ooh, Andrew! Yes. Andrew had home run. Yes, home run. <laughs> Andrew actually didn't have a lot of chunkers, but he just had like a streak of six hundred-page books. Mm. Why do we keep saying? I mean, I chunkers? would qualify six hundred pages as a chunker, frankly, based oh, on yeah. my reading habits. <laughs> well, no, because Toby had some like nine hundred-page ones, but then it started averaging out to two hundred pages. Mm. Although Andrew did ha- start off with the Old Man of the Sea, so I thought like, oh man, Andrew's going to get clobbered. Yeah, because that one's like what a hundred pages. Ninety-six. 96. I read that one too. That's the thing is it doesn't take into account all the ones that I read alongside Andrew. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't take into account the ones I read also. I didn't count Rhythm of War and I was really debating that because Rhythm of War I didn't read it for the podcast. I think that's fair. Is 1,232 pages and would have knocked Toby above Andrew. Just barely. I mean, to be fair, there are books I read not for the podcast which are also not included and on I this list. And I also <laughs> reread Oathbringer, which is even longer. So, you know, <laughs> just so you know, Pedro's who really won the contest. And I read Wolf Hall, too. <laughs> I put Wolf Hall on people's things. Okay. But here's another interesting one. Nobody gave a one-star review this year. Okay. Good year. Who do you think gave the most two-star reviews? I think it was Bailey. It's not me because I only gave one, as I recall. I think it might be me because I can think of like two or three that yeah. I gave two stars to. Bailey gave three two-star reviews. <sighs> she she wins the award for Hater of the Year. So what were my two stars? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she gave two stars to Cold Mountain, mm-hmm. A Year in the Murday. Murd? Mered. Merdy. <laughs> And learning to sing, hearing the music in your life by Clay Aiken. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that's fair. Mm-hmm. How many two stars did the others give? Andrew I, I gave two two star reviews of Robinson oh. Crusoe, and I counted that for Toby's as well, because you read Robinson Crusoe yeah. as well. And I did give it two stars. <laughs> Big old stinky two stars. And also, Andrew gave two stars to Tales by Amiri Baraka. Okay, mm-hmm. what about Toby? Toby only gave two stars to Robinson Crusoe. Okay. okay. Wow, Toby, cool. you were very forgiving. I remember a lot of books you didn't like very much. <laughs> yeah. Here's another question. Who gave the most five-star reviews? I think I can think of four I gave, which feels pretty high. But then again, Bailey high. did read five more books than I did. So that gives her more chances. Yeah. I think it's probably me, but just because I read more books. Is a tie <gasps> between Andrew and Bailey. So really, it's Andrew because he read fewer. So then his percentage is higher. Yeah. Book lover of the year. Yeah. No, I had a real run um, second half of the year where I was just doling out five stars like uh, panini stickers. And <laughs> just so you remember, some of the five star reviews we had were Rebecca mm. uh, by Daphne Du Maurier, mm-hmm. Educated by Tara Westover, mm. Daisy Jones, and the Six. Mm-hmm. By Taylor Jenkins Reid, Luster by Raven Lilani, mm. The Old Man of the Sea, a shorty, mm-hmm. by Ernest Hemingway, My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyinkin Braithwaite, mm-hmm. uh, and Nessie, not everyone gave that five stars, but... I was going to say, this isn't just the five stars I gave. Uh, yeah. No, no, these are everyone's five stars. Okay. Uh, and Nessie by Susanna Clark, Underground Railroad, and Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, yeah. Mm. I forgot you gave Count of Monte Cristo five stars. Such a great one. I had to. I mean, it is a five star book. It's epic. Alexander DeMoss is a listener. We kind of have to like (laughs) give him a little shout out in front of the podcast. All Um, right. Those are our stats. Thank you, Dylan, for compiling those stats. Yeah. And now I go to slumber again for another year. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, y'all, what would an end-of-the-year wrap-up show be without some awards doled out for virtue and, you know, less than virtue in terms of the books we read? It would not be a year. That's right. Thank you. That's the enthusiasm I'm looking for, which is sort of just mild. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So just like last year, we have compiled um, some awards, the bookends, that we are giving out to some of our favorite and least favorite books because you can get at the same level you could get an academy award level award from us you can also get a golden raspberry award Mm -hmm, from us mm -hmm. so be careful what you wish for robinson crusoe all right so as i understand it the first of these awards would be the book that most surprised you surprise Ah. really (laughs) yes what was the book that most surprised you? The book that most surprised me was I Know This Much Is True by Wally Lamb. And that's just because mm. it was... Uh, as, you expected not to like it? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Because as Andrew would say, it's a chunker. It was like 900 pages. So I expected it to be a slog. Um, but I was surprised by how quickly I went through it. I don't think it was a perfect book. I think I gave it three or four stars. But it stuck with me. It made me want to watch the miniseries. And... I I sped through it. I thought it was powerful and good writing, and it made me want to read more Wally Lamb. So that surprised me. Shocking. Shocking. What about you, Toby? Book that most surprised me was Wild Seed by Octavia Butler, because you never expect to get like a reading experience of your life. You know, like it it was huge. It was. I I mean, I I had hopes for it. I thought it was going to be good, but. If you guys listen to that episode, I feel like I didn't breathe for the whole episode because I was just like exhaling praise for it the whole time. Uh, So that surprised me how much I love that book. Andrew, what was the book that surprised you the most? The book that surprised me the most is one of the most recent books we've covered on this podcast, which I feel like is sort of similar to what Bailey is saying. It wasn't a five-star book for me, but it was four stars, and I was really expecting it to be a slog, and that is Thunderstruck by Eric Larson. Um, A book I truly just thought I was going to you know, be mildly interested in and have to like diligently read 50 pages a day to make sure I finished by the time we recorded. But really, I just kind of blew through it and ended up being like, well, I finished what I was supposed to read for the day, but I could read a little more. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that was a really pleasant surprise. And like what Bailey said, I definitely want to read more Larson because of having read this book. Um, so yeah, was surprise, it, surprise. Was it surprising that you finished it and then you looked down and you had like an old corncob pipe in your hand and you had like your glasses on like some string around your neck? Patches on your elbows. Mm-hmm. I was wearing a Patagonia vest and talking about, you know, electric cars. Um, <laughs> that's the dads I, I think about. <laughs> I feel like we're describing two very different dads. <laughs> You're describing a grandfather and I'm <laughs> describing a dad who's really interested in what Tesla's going to release next. That's true. That's true. <laughs> okay, I think... The next category is the book we read the fastest. Andrew, what book did you read the fastest? Well, I had a few opposite uh, of Chunkers this year, some real (laughs) slim volumes. Shorties, if you will. Shorties, yes. And in fact, the quintessential shorty is my answer for this. The Old Man in the Sea by Ernest Hemingway and Ernest Hemingway Joint Mm -hmm. (laughs) was the book I read the fastest. And now that is mostly because of page count, but also I was really enraptured with it. I really loved and valued the experience of reading it. And I read it in about three hours. So that's by far the quickest book I've read this year as compared to Tales, which page-wise is about the same length and even layout-wise about the same amount of words per page. And that took me like three days of concentrating, setting aside time to read that book. Mm -hmm. So it's not always about the amount of pages in the book, um, even when they're comparable. 
people, sometimes some just really fly and others kind of sink down. And so Old Man in the Sea, by far my quickest book of the year. Bailey, what was yours? My quickest was My Sister, the Serial Killer by Odinkin mm. Braithwaite. I read it super fast. It's a short book. And if you are looking for just a short little, what did they call this? This is a hand grenade shorty? of a book. Oh, oh a shorty. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. Really fun, really dark, twisted. Yes. Toby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what, what was your book you read the fastest? My book that I read the fastest that I I kind of rated this in a strange way where it was like I knew I had to slow myself down because it's like a little treat that I was gobbling down. Mm-hmm. It was Piranesi. Piranesi. I read it really fast and I had to slow down because I wanted to enjoy it more. But yeah, it's a little bite-sized book as well. Enjoyed it so much. Sped right through it. It's a great one. Uh, Bailey, is there a book that you won't keep on your shelf from this year? Well... <laughs> this is the one that's sort of the the, the Razzies. Yeah. The yeah, this is the Razzie. I did have three two stars, but I think the one that wins for the worst. I think I know what you're going to say. Uh, Are you going to sing uh, its praises, but not? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Learning to Sing by Clay Aiken. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, we got it as a joke, and I, <laughs> I did read it, and I committed to it, and I reviewed it, and I feel like it has had its, um, its day in the sun, and now it can go to book jail. Yeah, what is it? Learning to sing. <laughs> learning to sing. Number one on the New York Times bestseller list for books bought as a joke. <laughs> uh, Toby, what about you? No surprise. Very recent. It's gotta be I Robot by Isaac Asimov. Did not enjoy the reading experience. Um, I did listen to it on Audible, um, but if I had it on my physical shelf, it would be going to the library. More like Bye Robot. <laughs> Ooh, that was good. Good job, Dill. More like Sigh Robot. <laughs> Good try, robot. (laughs) (laughs) Don't cry, robot. Andrew, (laughs) what what was your book that you won't keep on your shelf? I mean, I think a lot of my hate in this episode is going to be concentrated on this one, and it's already sort of started, but Robinson Crusoe by Daniel Mm -hmm. Defoe is not going to remain in my personal library. I do not think it should be read going forward, and its time is done. I have a question, though, about this, Andrew, because it's it's a two-part book. The other part is the Journal of the Plague Year, and after this year, do you want to read about a plague year? I don't know. So... That is why I haven't put it on the free shelf already, because I haven't read the second half. That's that's sort of kept it away. But I don't know, man. I'm not raring to go on it by any means. <laughs> and I thought I tried to get a little more clever. Like there were some other books that I just know I'll never read again. Like I'll never read A Brief History of Seven Killings again. I'll never read The Sympathizer again. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any ire towards them. Yeah. I have some ire towards Robinson. Yeah. We, I, I, you know, on this podcast, I don't feel good, like, totally slamming books, but I feel fine slamming Robinson Crusoe. I think Daniel Defoe is doing fine in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, the next category is favorite protagonist. Uh, Andrew, what was your favorite protagonist? I had trouble with this one. I don't know if... if- that's the same for everybody. But I was looking back over all the books I read and really had trouble picking. We're going to do a shared award here. Oh, okay. Because I, I really loved Edie, who was the lead character of Luster. And the, the common theme is the people who really were the best narrators. So I really loved Edie from Luster. I really loved Circe. Mm. And I really loved the second Mrs. De Winter in Rebecca. Um, but overall, I went with Tara Westover as Ooh. a person. Ooh. Um as the protagonist of her memoir, Educated, because, you know, I, as much as I loved all these other narrators, I went with the one who was telling her own story in a way that I found incredibly compelling and powerful. It's fair. Interesting. I'm surprised yeah. neither of you guys me- uh, mentioned my pick. He's charming. He's always optimistic. 
He's a happy-go-lucky guy. Is it Piranesi? It's Piranesi. <laughs> Seriously, though, I loved him. He was so readable and like you, and honestly, like lovable. Like you're like, yo, Piranesi. I liked him too, but I ended up going with the second Mrs. DeWinter. I mean, that's a good one, yeah. Just be- because I was just thinking back on how interesting it is that we don't know her name and yet we can absolutely identify with her and know what she's going through at all times. And there's twists and turns. <laughs> and that book, that book would also be an honorable mention for surprised me i really yeah, liked rebecca that's true actually yeah that's that's right up there for me i'm surprised though because you you weren't one of the people who found her incredibly frustrating whereas she's kind of like dithering around and not doing stuff mm, but i understood it yeah, okay yeah yeah oh, yeah. yeah no and, and toby piranesi is a great call i i really thought about including him on the list but i just didn't want to have four honorable mentions fair enough fair. <laughs> All right, this is my favorite uh, category. Um, this is the character that you would... We're going to play a game called... Uh, that's <laughs> that's adjusted for a family-friendly podcast. This game is called Kiss, Mary, Lock in a Wine Cellar Under Venice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Bailey, which character would you kiss? Which character would you marry? And which character would you lock in a wine cellar under Venice? Great, I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> no problem. I would kiss uh, the love interest in the book Every Drake Starts Over. The Ooh, the baseball guy? Yeah, his name's Dean. I just thought it'd be fun to, you know, <laughs> have a little romance in Maine. So I'd kiss him. Um, I would marry, um, kind of similar to what Andrew said, Tara Westover. Because oh. I thought, what an interesting life. What an amazing woman. And mm-hmm. I... Kind of similar to my favorite protagonist, I would want to talk to her for a really long time and find out more stories about her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lock in a Wine Cellar under Venice would be Paul West from The Year and the Mared, <laughs> chauvinist pig, oh, yeah. um, really lame jokes about French people. No, hard pass. Get out of here. Get into a basement. <laughs> <laughs> Toby, who would you kiss Mary and Lock in a Wine Cellar? Okay. You guys might have forgotten we did this one this year, but I would totally give a big old smoocheroo to Clooney the Scourge. Oh, come on, Toby. I knew you were going to say this. That's why, re- <laughs> That's why I resisted mentioning Redwall up to this point, because I knew you would take that mantle. He could wrap me up in his big old tail. So, yes, it's got to be Clooney the Scourge. It'd be an experience either way. Um, Mary, it's got to be Anyanwo from Wild Seed. She is immortal she is a paragon of goodness and healing she's great um and then lock in a wine cellar under venice i think i might be stealing andrews but it's got to be chaboy robinson crusoe (laughs) i can't stand that guy but he'd survive (laughs) that's true i wouldn't want to read his diary about it either andrew how about you all right i yeah you might have we'll get there um (laughs) so for kissing I would kiss <laughs> the cast of Daisy Jones and the Six. Yeah. You know, have yeah. a rock star romance. Why not? I thought mm-hmm. about that. I thought about that one. Yeah, no. So that was that was my sort of cheat answer to kissing a character as every character in that book. <laughs> um, Mary, I was torn on this one. I would either marry Circe or the old man from The Old Man in the Sea. I think we could have a very simple life together, me and the old man. Aww. He would go get fish. I would go you know, try to find some business in in Cuba and we would have a lovely life in sort of quiet contentment. And Cersei, it would just be interesting at the very least. Yeah, I was going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) It, We we could rock an island kingdom on our own. So, Mm -hmm. hey, why not? Yeah. 
And then, yeah, Toby, you I'm read sorry. me like a book. <laughs> it's sorry. okay. Robinson Crusoe, you're going to go into that wine cellar. I'm going to build a brick wall around you. You mm-hmm. can write a book about the people who come and help you, who you then decide to enslave. I don't <laughs> care. Get out of my life. Yep. Honorable mention to the theater teacher in uh, Trust Exercise. But Robinson, I found even more repugnant. That's fair. Sounds about right. I'm surprised nobody said they wanted to marry the Maxim G. Winter. He has a grand estate. <laughs> yeah. <he's>... Yeah. But... <laughs> uh... I love you, Dylan. So that was our last warm-up award category. It was all building to this the entire time. You've been waiting with bated breath to know what our best book of the year was. Toby, what you got? It's not a surprise. I've already mentioned it. It's got to be Wild Seed, Octavia Butler, number one with a bullet. Excellent. I got it. Tied with Redwall. (laughs) Bailey, what was your number one book of the year? My number one book was Piranesi. Oh, yeah. I realized that last year my number one was Jonathan Strange, and this is also by Susanna Clark. But I was just thinking back and looking at my list and... That's just the one that I would read again, I think, the, mm-hmm. the most um, readily. And like you said, Piranesi is such a great character, and it's such a creative story, and I just think it's a perfectly uh, written book. And tied with Redwall, right? Mm, no. Did I give two stars to Redwall? I must have given three stars. No, you gave it three, I think. Okay. Well, Andrew, bring us home. What was your best book of the year? My best book of the year. I feel like I just want to say and take a moment here <laughs> and say there were a lot of really good books this year. Yeah. Yeah. You especially thought so. (laughs) I especially really enjoyed them. Um, This book I read pretty early on in the year, and it has stuck with me, and so it's staying as my five-star number one. It is Educated by Tara Westover. Mm. Mm -hmm. Easy number one choice for me, though there were some other wonderful contenders this year. Didn't even mention The Underground Railroad on this list, a book I really loved. Um, Piranesi is also a five-star and luster. All great, but Educated is the one I feel like I can say in six months I'll still think is a five-star book that I would want to revisit. Nice, yeah. I mean, I mean, we've all read Educated now, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I think, really liked it. I think I gave it five stars too, yeah. I think I gave it four stars, but I liked it a lot. Ooh, well, now that Bailey's we- face just got so excited because we we're going to take yeah, a quiz. We're going to take a quiz. So... Pages, you might remember last year we ended our year by quizzing each other with comprehension questions on the books we read this year to see how much information we retained. This idea was pitched to us from our friend Brent, who just wrote us a lovely review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, Brent. Shout Thanks, out to Brent. you. Um, Thank you for the review, not for this idea, which will probably bring me great shame yet again. Remember how you won last year, Toby? All right. Toby? All right. <laughs> we each have three questions for each other, and we'll see who gets the most right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my first question to Andrew is, based on um, one of your favorite books of the year, Rob- Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> uh, I guess. What is Robinson Crusoe's servant named? Friday. Ah, oh, you did it. Ah, well done. I mean, that's that has sort of flown into the zeitgeist over the years. I figured it'd be safe to ask. If Bailey had asked me that question, I would not have remembered. <laughs> um, so one point for me, already doing better than I did last year, I think. Um, <laughs> all right, Toby, let me ask you one. I'm ready. Spell the main female character's name from Wild Seed. Now this, I should get double points for if I get it right, because I listened to the audiobook. No, you will still get one point because I knew you listened to the (laughs) audiobook. How (laughs) dare you? Um, Okay. A-N, 
Y-A-N-W-U. Toby, that was correct. Yes! Well done. I didn't think you... I thought you would leave out one of the two N's in Mm. it, but you didn't. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Yeah, my favorite book of the year. That would have been pretty embarrassing. (laughs) Um, All right, one point for me, which also might be better than I did last year. I can't Uh remember. (laughs) Um, We're crushing it so far. All right, Bailey. Yes. Um, this is also from your favorite book of the year. Okay. Um, and my questions, I don't know about yours, but mine are going in an ascending order of difficulty. So this is the easiest one. Okay. The most embarrassing if you get it wrong. Oh. In Piranesi, there is a group of statues depicting mythical creatures near the entrance to the house. What are the statues of? I mean, there's a lot of statues. These are specifically referred to as near the entrance of the house. Can I it's, answer and get points? Yes, after Bailey gets it wrong, because yes. it seems like she doesn't remember. And actually asked this of Dylan earlier today, and he knew as well. Okay, let's just all remember that Bailey has been sleep-deprived for the past I six I knew months. this was going to come out. Because uh, I have a child. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I have a child. I have a child. I have a son. No, I have a daughter. Um. Okay, no, I know this. Well, I Bailey know this. just said I have a son. <laughs> so I'm not confident that she's... <laughs> Uh, isn't it? I can give you a hint if you want. Yeah, give me a hint. It's a labyrinth. A house. Is it a minotaur? Yes. Okay. That was a really um, obvious hint. That was a really really excellent hint there, Toby. (laughs) All right. So I got that one. One point. (laughs) One point for Bailey. Nailed it. Okay. That was the easiest one, though. So. (laughs) Oh, great. Okay, great. Um, Andrew, in one of your favorite books of the year. Actually, my favorite are Robinson Crusoe again. uh, Old Man and Sea. What baseball player do Santiago and Manolin discuss? Ooh, I remember this one. Ooh, uh, Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, yes, that's good correct. Job. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So much better comprehension than last year. Don't know what was different. <laughs> I think getting two points, I'm already on cloud nine about this because I know I yeah. only got one last year. I think I'm going to um, be crushed. I don't know. Let's see if Toby gets this one. Where did Chloe Benjamin, the author of The Immortalists, attend college? Oh, oh I know why he's asking. Oh, no. <laughs> I keep thinking I keep thinking of the wrong V college name. Uh, Vassar. Vassar. That's correct, Toby. Yes. I was going to say, I could ask you one that's actually about the books, but I wanted to throw that one in there. That's just because Andrew went there. I know, yeah. I, t- I kept thinking Vanderbilt. <laughs> I was like, that's not correct. That's a good one, too. Mm, two for two. That's a good V college, but I did not go there. Two for two for you, too. Two for Everyone's two. Everyone's correct so far, especially Bailey, who was super correct Nailed about it. Minotaur. All right, Bailey. <laughs> yep. In one of your favorite books of the year. We just keep saying this. <laughs> uh, for real, though. In what city does the main plot of Rebecca begin? I would like to also take the this if she gets it wrong. I just want to say that you're asking me questions from books that we've all read. So it makes me look bad because you guys all know the answers because you also read them too. The second excuse in a row. Wasn't, weren't they on a cruise ship? Um, <laughs> no. Okay. No. Um, uh, I think it is. Um, you never would have went a husband this way. Venice. Can I answer? Tony? No. Yes, you can answer, Andrew. Monte. Monte Carlo. Monte. Monte Carlo. Okay, guys. I remember it because I listened to the audiobook <laughs> yeah. and the uh, narrator said Monte very funny. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, all right. So one for two for Bailey. Right, trailing is... behind. Okay, fine. Last question for Andrew. <laughs> okay. Uh, name three Thomases from Wolf oh, Hall. Oh, wow. <laughs> three okay. Thomases okay. from Wolf Hall. And there's a lot. There is a lot of Thomases. 
In fact, I could just say Thomas plus last name and then maybe be right. (laughs) Um, Well, Thomas Cromwell, who's our narrator. Mm -hmm. Thomas Crown, who wants Mm -hmm. to steal the painting. Yeah, Thomas Crown wants to steal the painting. Thomas the Dank Engine. (laughs) Thomas the Dank Engine. Frank Thomas, uh, MLB Hall of Fame first baseman of the Chicago White Sox. Um, Thomas Boylan. Uh-huh. Okay, and... You know what? I could do the cop out of Thomas Cromwell II, who is his son. But <laughs> that counts in my uh, book. I mean, it does count, but do you have any others? It does count, but in the spirit of trying to get an. So, yes, I get it correct, but <laughs> let me try one more. Um, oh, Thomas More, Sir Thomas More. Yeah, good mm, one. Okay, nice. so you did legitimately get that right. I would have also accepted Thomas Cranmer, Thomas Wolsey, and Thomas Howard. Yeah, wow. the, when you there are just too many. It was almost an unfair question that was impossible to get incorrect. Because if you just remember any character from that book, is a Thomas. All right, three for three. It's going to be a great Excellent. year in twenty twenty one. Toby, are you ready for your final question? Yes, I'm actually very excited. What is the protagonist's name oh, no. in the proposal by Jasmine Guillory? Oh <laughs> uh, wait, oh oh, she has like a nickname as she well. She has a name. She has a name. I mean, to be fair, that's a step above the second Mr. Winter. <laughs> yeah, but True. she has a, it's like a nickname. I think her name is Nick. I think it's Nicola. Nicola and her nickname is Nick. That's correct. It's Nicole. Oh, come on. But you her, get a half point. Two and a half out of three. Uh, okay. But her, but her, but she's referred to as a Nick through the whole book. Okay, good okay, job. Okay, okay, okay. What was, what's her uh, paramour's name for, to get full credit? Oh, come on. I was riding so high. Um, no, I don't remember. No idea. Uh, Carlos. Carlos. It's okay. You, get, you know what? You get 75% credit. So you are 2.75. 2.75. That's much better than I did last year. I'll tell you that. So, Bailey. If this question is from Daisy Jones and the Six, I'm going to be very upset. It's not. Okay. It's from your very favorite book of the whole year. Learning to Sing. In learning to sing, what what is Clay Aiken's hometown? Um, I just want everyone to remember last year how much I cleaned the floor with you guys, and this is what it looks like when you have only slept, you know, a few hours every night for the past six months. Um, mm-hmm. That's an that's an excuse per question if you're counting at home, Pages. He's from like Oklahoma. <laughs> He's from Is he from Charlotte? Nope. Uh, he's from Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm. Uh, I knew it was North Carolina. I don't know that that was a big part of the book. <laughs> it says it on the jacket. Okay. Because I only read the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Well, it seems that Andrew won the game with three full points. Toby... Trailing to high at 2.75. And I get zero. Well, you got one. You got the no, lap one. Well, well, maybe 0. 0.5. I was going to say more like 0. 0.5, 0. 0.25. I'm giving you full credit for that, Bailey, because you rule. Thanks, guys. You guys are nice. We have reached the end of 2020. We've done it. Good job, everyone. Yeah, we did it. We read some good books this year. Yeah. And then we read Robinson Crusoe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, we made it. I mean, keep being safe, everyone. Uh, The only only way we get to not have another 2020 next year is if we keep uh, doing the things we need to do to be safe. But we can at least read good books still. That's the end of the bookend awards. See you next year for our bookends 2021. Hmm. Um, tune in in two weeks. I will be reading Into Thin Air by John Krakauer and Andrew's reading Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Ivaristo. 
She just did those off the top of her head, people. That's right. I know things. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the To Read List. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email the To Read List podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Goodreads at goodreads.com slash the To Read List podcast and on Instagram at the To Read List podcast. And if you like what you heard, it would really help us out if you could go on your podcatcher of choice, um, cough, cough, Apple podcasts, and give us a review and a five-star rating. As silly as it sounds, it does actually increase our reach to audiences that might not find us otherwise. And honestly, come on, please. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, if you like this podcast, please tell someone in your life um, that they can start their year fresh with a brand new podcast. I know nobody has any podcasts they need to catch up on or anything like that. So I'll say you can start 2021 fresh with your first podcast ever, and then you never need to try another one. Thanks to Toby and Andrew for co-hosting the podcast with me, to Dylan for sound recording, and to Miss Jillian Beth Durkee for composing our intro song. See you in 2021. Happy reading. Books, books, books. Pero see.